Good tidings, all you beautiful fuckheads. Today on The Lodge, we've got an old dear friend of mine, Kevin McBride, who came on here under special request to analyze and go through today's NFL draft. Just want to make a quick footnote that Kevin McBride was born and raised in Long Island, New York, has since then moved out to Iowa City, working for Iowa State, and he's in a band under the name of Bane Marie. So I know you guys are going to love this episode as Kevin analyzes and goes through the whole NFL draft. The man definitely did his research. Just want to make a quick footnote that this was the first time I had a long distance guest. Kevin was not actually in the physical lodge. He was at his home in Iowa. But we were able to radio him in, able to record his audio along with mine. So I could say it was the first time we successfully were able to do this. But again, I want to make a note that at times my audio might come in a little bit choppy as if it's tripping over itself. Uh, The good news is Kevin was able to roll with it. So if there's a point where you can't make out what I'm saying, based on his response, you should be able to pick it up. But I uh, did a little bit of post-production to improve the audio quality. So bear with us. It was the first time we did something like this at the Lodge. I think it came out really good. I think Kevin goes through and analyzes the draft like a goddamn pro. Uh, We do a little bit of catching up at the later end of the podcast. So just bear with us through some of the audio choppiness on my end. Enjoy Kevin's analysis. And again, thank you so much for tuning in. And before we jump into it, just a quick word from our sponsor. Efficient, efficient people get. It's completely, it's off the charts. What would you be like? 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 Three. Two, one, ladies and gentlemen, we are live here with episode 31 with my good friend Kevin McBride. Kevin, you reached out to me not too long ago. You told me you were a total NFL draft nerd and you wanted to come on the lodge and it's my honor to have you on here. How's it going, man? Thanks, man. Yeah, I've I've been a, a little bit of a draft nick for a little bit, and I just I just like thinking about every team. I just like looking at the draft history, what the team needs, and things like that. And so I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to you know share with you guys what uh, share with you guys what I think. And if if I'm right, cool. If I'm not, eh, I'm just glad to be here. So if if you follow the draft, I'll tell you the number of picks. What's up? Oh well, shit! I am a New Yorker. I'm. I, I should. I should be cursing on this, right? <laughs> All right, man. Can we hop into it? Cool. All right. I think first pick. It's kind of kind of silly at this point, but Kyler Murray. I guess he's going to go to the Cardinals. Um, Cliff Kingsbury is the coach. There's a ton of draft rumors, and it's kind of hard to ignore them. I have no idea why they're going to do this, but they have Josh Rosen, and I guess they're just going to keep him and try and trade him someday. Who knows? But I guess if the Rams want to – I'm sorry, if the Rams – if the Cardinals want to compete with the Rams and the Seahawks and the 49ers in, uh, in the NFC West, they're going to have to pick a playmaking quarterback. 
I'm just saying they're going to need a lot more than just a playmaking quarterback to get their get their act together. Oh yeah, dude, you're you're 100 right. I I I think they're just going to go best player available, and that's going to be Kyler. But I agree with you 100. percent They need a lot of other things. Uh, 49ers, they take Nick Bosa, man. John Lynch loves drafting DNs. He's drafted four in a row with Arik uh, Armstead, DeForest Buckner, and uh, and Solomon Thomas. Why not cap it off and have a stud D-end in Nick Bosa? They signed D Ford over the offseason, and uh, I've heard some things that they might trade Solomon Thomas. It's not really working out for their, their defense, but who knows what they do. They have a ton of needs. I think they take – an unbelievable defensive end at Ohio State, Nick Bosa. All right, so n- next one, the Jets. All right, the Jets are picking third. I think they're going to take Josh Allen. <clears throat> He's out of Kentucky. He's pretty good. The Jets have, like, had the best player fall to them every single year. I think they're super lucky to get someone like uh, Josh Allen. He's kind of like an Anthony Barr that they missed out on in free agency. Uh, he's an edge that could, you know, rush the passer. He could drop back in coverage. He's just super athletic. I think a lot of Jets fans would be happy if they got Josh Allen at three. All right. Um, cool. Hopefully hopefully my New York fans are happy with that. The Raiders are at number four, and I think the Raiders get Quinn Williams. He's a super young uh, defensive tackle, but he was clearly the best player in college football last year. Um, it was kind of a flash in the pan, but I think at this point the Raiders need the best defensive lineman they can get. Um the Raiders last year in 2018, they had 13 sacks total. And so to put that into a little bit of perspective, someone like Bradley Chubb was the fifth pick. He had 12 in his rookie year. So you could draft somebody in the top five and they can make an impact in your, in, you know, in your sack totals. I think, uh, I think Oakland needs some help and Quinn Williams is a guy. Uh, to finish out the top five, Devin Williams is a linebacker at LSU. Oh, sorry, Devin White. Devin White's a linebacker at LSU. Uh, he's super athletic. They lost a middle linebacker in free agency, and I think they just need to, you know, take the best defensive player available and and have a leader lead their defense. Um, he's pretty versatile. Todd Bowles is the new defensive coordinator there. So whatever kind of defense he wants to run, three four, maybe bring back the Tampa two. I think. Devin White is a super freak athlete that can do anything you ask him to do. So that's the top five. Uh, Kyler Murray, Nick Bosa, Josh Allen, Quentin Williams. Of those top five, who do you think has the best career? Oh, wow. Of those top five, that's a really good question, man. Um, I'm going to have to say Nick Bosa. I feel like it's in the family. You know, he he was clearly proven in college. why not? I think he's going to be really well. There's a lot of other guys around him that are pretty good, so it's not like he's carrying the whole defense. I think Nick Bosa is going to shine. Awesome, man. All right, let's move on. Let's go to number six. All right, big shock. I think the Giants pass on a quarterback, and they take Rashawn Gary out of Michigan. I think, I think David, I think they pass on a quarterback, and I think they take Rashawn Gary. I think David Gettleman likes this guy. He's a hometown hero. Coming out of high school, he was the number one prospect. You know, every everybody wanted him, and he went to Michigan. Uh, I have a feeling that that Gettleman traded away OBJ so that they could focus on the defense and other things. And and you know, they have two picks in the first round. I think the first one they 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 shoot from the moon. They take Rashawn Gary. Hell yes, I, I I'm happy because I'm an Eagles fan. 
So I love the idea of the Giants not picking a quarterback and Eli sticking around for the next five years. Sounds good to me. Yeah, 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 for sure. All right, man. Hey, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are up next. I think out of doing a lot of research, they draft guys out of Florida every single year. It's like they just pick the guys in their backyard. And I think they're going to take Jawan Taylor, an offensive tackle. Uh, he played right tackle for, for a few years in a row, and he was a stout Pass blocker, run blocker. I think he's a day one starter for them. You got Leonard Fournette. You need an insurance policy for him. You got Nick Foles. You need to keep him upright. Um, there's question marks at left tackle and right tackle. So why not take the best best tackle coming out of Florida this year, Jawan Taylor? Excellent. But I want to give a footnote on these Jaguars. Do you think the Nick Foles Jaguars have what it takes? No, I I think Nick Foles is is a Philadelphia legend and. And everywhere else, he's not going to be what he is. As a Rams fan, I've seen it with my own eyes, you know, and I think he goes other places and they just, he just doesn't play as well. <sighs> you know, I, I love you know, There's a reason why there's a trophy in Philly for him, right? It's yep. not anywhere else. Yep, and he eats for free in Philly. I don't know. I, I, I honestly, there was life. part of me, I was wishing that he was going to just stay the backup quarterback forever, but that's wishful thinking. But let's move on. Let's keep, let's keep pumping these out. Yeah. All right. Detroit. I think they want to, they want to trade down. I've heard their GM say I can do it, but they take Ed Oliver. He's unreal. Nose tackle. That's a FCS player. Every year a player gets drafted from the FCS. You know, these are like, these aren't D one guys, so they don't you know play against the greatest competition. So people kind of look down on them, but Ed Oliver is a freak. I think Matt Patricia could use him any which way he wants. Excellent. Keep them going. Let's go. Cool. Yeah, uh, so I'm an Iowa Hawkeye fan, so this makes me really excited to say I think TJ Hawkinson goes to the Bills. Uh, the Bills did a lot in free agency. They, they filled a lot of holes, and they did a lot on the offensive line and wide receiver, but they have hardly any tight ends on the team. So I think TJ Hawkinson is going to be a nice big target for, for the run-heavy scheme, but also a nice big target for Josh Allen. Fuck, yes. Do you think the Buffalo Bills are starting to get it together? Are you liking the offseason they're having? I, I like what the Bills did in the offseason. They made more moves than anybody, especially on the offensive side. They might go defense here because they made so many moves on the offensive side. But, you know, you're going to start seeing a lot of these teams in the AFC East start trying to make moves because I think I think the crown is cracking in New England, especially after all that shit that uh, – uh, whatever his name is. Uh, who's um, the owner? Robert Kraft. Um, Robert I Kraft. I can't think of his name right Mac now. Mac and cheese, man. Yeah. Yeah. After all that stuff's going down. Yeah. You know, I don't know. We'll see what happens, but – I think a lot of AFC East teams are going to start, you know, trying to trying to take back the throne now that we'll see. You know, we'll I see. I'd have we'll I'd see. obviously have no problem with New England just disappearing, so I'm all for it. Yeah, I think a lot of people would. All right, next pick is John Elway and the Denver Broncos. Uh, so he is pretty notorious for drafting best player available. So it's kind of hard to predict some of these guys you know they have their own boards but they did just bring in Joe Flacco and so with a new quarterback I doubt they pick a quarterback why why hurt him you know and bring in competition as opposed to helping him so I think they bring in a really good offensive lineman Jonah Williams out of Alabama uh all right so the yeah so the Bengals Bengals are at 11 um they got a new head coach he actually came from the Rams which is kind of neat. Uh, he played or he, he coached with the Rams. And what's interesting is Andrew Whitworth, who's the tackle for the Rams, left the Bengals. And I think I think they're really hurting for a left tackle. And I think they take Andre Dillard out of Washington State. Um, 
He he could Andre Dillard. Andre Dillard at a at a Washington State. He could play right tackle. He could play left tackle. Uh, he played a lot of passing downs, and and I think you know Zach Taylor's going to come in there and ask them to to pass a lot. They have a lot of weapons. Unfortunately, the only weapon on that offense is Andy. The only weapon that is the only person that isn't a weapon is Andy Dalton. And so if they get a new quarterback, maybe they get a good offense. But I think they they keep the off the offense upright as opposed to taking over a new a new quarterback uh they could go defense here they didn't have a great defense last year but they usually go offense early that's something i've seen in the history that they they like to draft offensive guys so another little footnote on this draft i'm noticing a lot of teams that i guess many people would expect to draft quarterbacks you're seeing them pass on quarterbacks do you think it's a weak quarterback class after kyler murray or do you think these teams are just gonna be incentivized to take risks outside of the quarterback position no man that's a good question. So I guess another thing, now that we're out of the top 10, you could realize I have no trades. And so I, I'm not a GM in the NFL. I cannot predict a trade. What I try to do is I try to fit to a team. Uh, you're going to start seeing me talk about some quarterbacks later on. I think the quarterbacks in this class are all right. You know, maybe uh, maybe they, they, they might not have been on the same par as some of the Baker Mayfields or the uh, Sam Darnolds of the world. But I think I think – I try to fit players with teams. And so if those teams end up trading up and, and I get that pick or sorry, if I get that team to player fit, right, that, that is really what I guess I'm looking for. So there are quarterbacks that are going to be coming up. Don't you worry. But I guess just a little quick note is there could be a lot of trades into the top 10 or even into the top 11 um, to shake all the things up that I've talked about so far. Excellent. I mean, it's going to be exciting to watch, especially, uh, in the next 12 hours or so, yeah. it'll uh, things are bound to heat up. If they haven't heated up already between this conversation and when the episode comes out. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I have the Packers are next at 12. I think uh, Montez Sweat's an absolute freak. I think, unfortunately, he's got this this heart condition thing that, that might have him fall out of the top 10. But he goes 12, which really isn't that far out of the top 10. Um I honestly think he's going to be someone like a more lean Julius Peppers. And he played for the Packers, right? He played there for a few years. And uh, I think the the Green Bay values edge guys. They've drafted a lot of DNs and linebackers over the years. And so I think Montez Sweat fits in nice with the Green Bay That's Packers. awesome. That's awesome. And the Packers need some help, man. They had a really off right. year. So hopefully they can have a good draft. Yeah. And they have another pick coming up later on. So we'll talk about that too. Oh. All right. The... The Miami Dolphins, all right? I've heard a lot about, oh, the Dolphins are going to tank for Tua. I think that's bullshit. Um, I think they pick a quarterback this year, and they develop him behind Ryan Fitzpatrick, who they even signed to have develop a quarterback. You know, he's going to be a filler for two years. Someone's got to sit behind him. I think they draft Drew Locke. He is a really talented four-year starter out of the SEC. Um Dolphins have drafted a lot of guys out of the SEC over the last few years, especially in the first round. So if the Dolphins trade up for a quarterback, they might be looking at Drew Locke. All right. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. The Falcons are up next. I think the Falcons take Christian Wilkins. He's a defensive tackle um, at a, at a Clemson. Um, Super versatile. I think he's really quick, and you can really put him anywhere. Dan Quinn uh, used to be the defensive coach for the Seattle Seahawks. I think uh, I think he's going to find a way to fit him in any which way, you know, and just have 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 a really talented player on the field. Uh, the GM for the Falcons, Thomas Dimitrov, he really likes these character guys, and 
Christian Wilkins was the captain of that team, you know, when he played for, for Clemson over the last few years. And I think he's a guy who could go earlier than this. Like teams could really, really like Christian Wilkins. Um, but I think he'd be a good fit in Atlanta. All righty. Makes sense to me. Yes. Yeah. All right. So Dwayne Haskins, uh, I think he goes to the Washington Redskins. I'm hearing hear a lot of talk, you know, over the last few hours that Dwayne Haskins goes to the Redskins and that they trade up to three to get him. So the Jets could be trading down to get uh, to get some more picks and uh, and and they could be having having a guy like Dwayne Haskins sit behind Case Keenum. And and here's here's why I think so. You know, Dwayne Haskins, not only is he from Maryland, he's a hometown hero, right? Uh they have Case Keenum, who is essentially going to play the same role that Alex Smith was going to play. He was just going to be a, a filler for another guy. And so Case Keenum's going to do the same thing Alex Smith did. But, you know, you have a really young quarterback sit behind a guy to learn for a little bit. You know, uh, there has been quotes. Jay Gruden has said, we're not going to pick a quarterback to sit and, and learn. He's going to make an impact day one. But the Redskins franchise was so iffy and wishy-washy when it came to the Kirk Cousins thing. It doesn't surprise me to hear the coach say one thing and the front office do another. So, you know, I uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they take a hometown hero, Dwayne Haskins, and have him Well, learn. let me tell you something. There's uh, going to at least be a few Giants fans listening who – shiver at the idea of Dwayne Haskins going to the Redskins. I know myself, I've got a couple Giants friends who I see regularly enough who don't shut the fuck up about Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. Like he's the next, like he's the next Tom Brady. So the Giants not going quarterback yeah, and him well, going to a division I, rival, hey, you know, that's going to piss some people off in New York. I'll tell you that. Hey, you know, to add a little bit of fuel to the fire, what, what what if the Jets were the ones responsible for letting them do that, right? That would make the Giants fans hate the Jets a little bit more, and the blowing my mind, the, dude. Getting me hyped uh, a little bit more. Uh, it's just it, it. You never know. Oh, it's a war. It's a it, war. It, Let's go. Let's keep going. This is why the draft is great. Yeah, it is. It is a war. Yeah, it is a war. All right. Hey, so uh, Panthers are up next. I think you know. I did mention Julius Peppers earlier. Um, they need some help on the. Uh, on the defensive line. I think they draft Cleland Farrell. He's a guy out of the, out of the same state. Um, he is, he's super versatile. I think he's good against the pass. He's good against a rush. He is a solid base four, three D end. You put his hand, put two hands in the dirt and just let him go forward. You know, he is that kind of guy. Um, they like to draft these big athletes, you know, either they're super athletic or they're huge. And, uh, and that's what the Panthers target day one. You know, when they drafted Cam Newton, he let, he happened to be both of those things, huge and athletic. But you look at some of the draft picks they've had in the past, they're either these massive athletes or they're like super, super quick and speedy. Um, but I think Clown Farrell fits that that more of the big, big frame that they're looking for at the end. That's awesome. That's that dude. You've really done your research for this. I'm impressed. Like you're definitely well searched. Yeah, I, I love the draft. <laughs> yeah. So the Giants are up next. Hopefully New York fans don't get mad again, but I, I think they're going to pass on a quarterback. I think they, they let a, a guy go and they draft a leader for their defense 
in Devin Bush out of Michigan. Uh, if I if I was David Gettleman and I'm looking at this draft and I say, hey, I, I want to make my team better, why not pick the two best pieces from the best defense in college football? And that was Rashawn Gary and Devin Bush. And so you get yourself a middle linebacker. Uh, his dad was actually in the NFL. He was a safety. Uh, and so he's he's got the NFL blood. Um, and I think, you know, if, if the Giants were to draft a quarterback in the first round here, it it kind of it, it, it kind of to it might be a little slap in the face to Eli. Uh, they might respect him and say, hey, we're not going to go. We're not going to go first round quarterback. We'd rather build our defense and have a steady run game. And that way, you know, you build around Eli to replace him as opposed to just replacing him. Yeah, so uh, hopefully Giants fans aren't upset with my next pick. I think they're going to pass on the quarterback and uh, they're going to draft Devin Bush, middle linebacker out of Michigan. Uh, if I'm if I'm David Gettleman, I I'm gonna try and make my defense better and build that run game with Saquon. And why not take the two best pieces from college football's best defense last year, Rashawn Gary and Devin Bush? So instead of replacing Eli, you know, with this second or sorry, with this first round pick, they do have an early second that they could maybe do some things with. But I feel like they try to build around Eli instead of replacing him. And so Devin Bush, middle linebacker, fine by me. I'd be just fine with some more Eli Manning. Because you know what it is, man? You know what it is? Even when Eli's good, the Eagles have his number. Even in the years where Eli was great, we still understood what to do. So as long as the Eli Manning era is still here, we're good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you hear that as an Eagles fan. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah, man. Yeah, dude. All right. I think the the Vikings are up next. Uh, So the Vikings need a lot of help on offensive line, but I think they draft Jeffrey Simmons out of Mississippi state. This is a dude that tore his ACL towards the end of the year. If he didn't tear his ACL, he seriously would be a top 10 pick. Um, and so I think some teams value that they don't care about the injury. Um, they do need offensive line, but the coach there is a defensive dude. Mike Zimmer loves his defensive line. And I think they're going to build from the inside out. Uh, if they did it on the offensive line, they'd probably do the same thing. They might go center or guard, but I feel like they go on the opposite side of the ball and go de-tackle. Um, when it comes to offensive line, you know, you kind of need a team effort. You can't just draft one guy and make all your problems. You know, there's five guys in the field to make it work. I think they could draft a lot of offensive linemen later, but their first round, they go Jeffrey Simmons, de-tackle Mississippi State. Jeffrey Simmons. Okay. Yeah, he's a monster. <laughs> How big is he? How big is he? Give, give uh, us, give it, do you know off the top, I, off the dome? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm not that kind of guy. I don't know all that stuff, but I would say he's probably around six three, three forty five. He's know, a he's, big boy. He's stout. He is stout. You know, he's really strong on the inside. Fuck yeah. Uh, all right, dude. Next pick, I think, is the Titans. They go Jerry Tillery, D tackle from Notre Dame. Mike Vrabel. Needs a five technique. I think he has a really good interior pass rush, which is really valuable in today's NFL. Uh, and Jarrell Casey's a, a good D tackle there, and he, but he can't do it all. Uh, I remember last season, or maybe it was two seasons ago, there's a video of Jarrell Casey running down from the defensive tackle position, a wide receiver that like caught a pass. So this boy's no, got no legs. On him, and he is literally running. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, you can't, you got to have more defensive playmakers. You can't have your nose tackle making tackles 40 yards downfield, right? You need to have some guys on your defense that are good. Uh, You got to, you got to put some, you got to put some help around Jarrell Casey. He's a, he's an all pro. Uh, Give him Jerry Tillery to play alongside him. 
Fuck yeah. I'm about it. <laughs> yeah. All right, the Steelers. I think the Steelers shock everybody, and they take a mauler Cody Ford offensive tackle from Oklahoma. Uh, in in the in free agency, they lost a lot. They lost their right tackle, Marcus Gilbert. They lost Le'Veon Bell. They lost uh, Antonio Brown. But, you know, I think they have uh, James Conner. I think they have uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. And the Steelers get back to being the Steelers, you know, and that's running the ball and playing good defense. And I think they do that behind a super solid right tackle. Um, he can play right guard, right tackle. I think they have a pretty good right guard in DeCastro, but you, you could have him play outside and you could run the ball off him all day. So I think the, they, they draft Cody Ford. Um, there's a little rumor about the Steelers that if they go visit your pro day, that, that there's a very high chance that they're going to pick you first round. And I've done my research. They've gone to his pro day, and I just have an inkling they might draft Cody Ford right there. Well, if any if there's any team out there that needs a good draft right now, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. They've been a steady, consistent winning empire as long as you and I seemingly have been conscious of football. And they just the empire just crumbled in on itself last year. So the Steelers definitely need to come back season. And maybe the draft could do that for them. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. Uh, Brian Burns, I think he goes to the Seahawks. They just traded away Frank Clark. Um, they have two picks, so they might as well take the best guy on the board and get another D end. Uh, they might do something later on with uh, with some offense. Who knows? But Brian Burns, Florida State, goes to the Seahawks. To, the, to Seattle. Okay, how many more we got left? We're flying. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I think there's one, two. Twelve left. Okay. I think there's 12 left. Yeah, so I'll try and go real quick. Um, Baltimore Ravens, they go Hollywood Brown. Uh, I thought about the scheme fit. You know, they run the ball super heavy. If you got a guy like Marquise Brown who can to- take the top off a of defense, you got to have three guys on the field just to cover him. Two cornerbacks and a safety. So if the if the you know if teams start creeping up eight in the box, boom, you just give it over to Marquise Brown. I think the Ravens need a wide receiver. That's the guy. That's the guy. All right, Texans. They need a lot of offensive line help, but there's not many great offensive line in this draft. Uh, a few went early. They need some attitude on defense since they lost Tyron Matthew. They go Byron Murphy at a Washington cornerback who's got a lot of bark. He's super aggressive. Um, they have a high-flying offense. They score a lot of points, so teams going to be passing on them. They have a pretty thin secondary right now, so getting another cornerback would be a pretty wise move. Yeah, first corner, first corner off the board comes pretty late all right another iowa hawkeye noah fant i think noah fant goes to the raiders they got a the second pick in the first round jared cook was the best receiving weapon for for for, uh david carr last year which says says a lot about the raiders offense so they get a guy like noah fant who can be what jared cook was and a little bit more i think they're gonna have a pretty nice nice uh nice offense in the afc west all right man your philadelphia eagles are up I'm pumped. I'm pumped. If the, if the pick stayed the same, I think I'm pretty pumped. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it has stayed the same. Uh, I don't remember what I sent you, but I've been thinking about it. I think they go and they get Jonathan Abrams, a strong safety who's a linebacker out of Philadelphia. Oh, sorry, out of Mississippi State. I think that's the same one, unless you picked another strong safety, but you did pick a strong safety, which Eagles desperately yeah. fucking need. Yeah, no, I think, I think the Eagles – Lost a middle linebacker over the, the the free agency. I've heard a lot of people say, hey, the Eagles need help in the secondary. But 
to be honest, they got a lot of guys that can cover, right? A lot of corners and free safeties. Jonathan Abrams could be that strong side linebacker, could be that eighth man in the box. He's super versatile, and he's just Philly tough. You know, he's just a dog, and he could just fit really well in oh. Philly. Well, that's what we need right now because we got killed on the deep game last year. We can't afford to be given up to be holding running backs to 40 yards a game but then letting quarterbacks explode with Hail Marys in the fourth quarter like we did yeah, all man. year. So I'm all for the move. I hope you're right, genuinely. I, I, I don't know. We'll see. I think he's a good fit there. The, the, the Colts are up next. Uh, I think the Colts draft Greedy Williams. He's got the best name you could ask for for a cornerback, Greedy. You know, just Taking it away. Williams. Um, he's going to fall in the draft because a lot of things, you know, I, I, I've, I've seen that he's not that great of a tackler. People are saying he's a little weak. He didn't have that great of a combine, but the plus about him, he's got ball skills, and you can't really teach that all too well. It's either you have it or you don't. And so I think it'd be nice for them to, you know, get a nice luxury pick. Um, they have an early second-round pick, so they might as well focus on the defense and help Andrew Luck with that uh, second-round pick later on. Yeah, Colts, Colts could be something. That's for sure. All right. Hey, Josh Jacobs comes off the board for the Raiders with their third pick. All right. Really odd timing that Marshawn Lynch retires a few days before the draft. I'm hearing a lot that Josh Jacobs is getting some love from the Raiders. They could use a running back. Uh, Mike Mayock might like this guy. He's a new GM. Might as well take a steal and get his second player from Alabama. The thing that's really appealing about Josh Jacobs is he can do it all, but he's got hardly any of the tread he had such a cool career in uh at alabama and he was like the third running back and so they just kind of spritzed him in every now and then he made plays kind of like uh another acc running back alvin kamara and so people are making that comp which is a little crazy who knows you know you, you people want to find the next alvin kamara you strike gold if you get right. alvin that's kamara saying, right? that's, that's gold. what i'm saying people are people are making pretty lofty comparisons but he could be a super super uh super tough running back that you need uh, right there in Oakland for you. But who knows? He might not be Alvin Kamara. He he might just be Josh Jacobs. <laughs> All right, man. I think the Chargers are up next. I think the Chargers go offensive tackle Caleb McGarry out of Washington. You want to hear a pretty weird fun fact about the, the Chargers – Ever since drafting Ryan Matthews in the first round, they have alternated their first round pick offense, defense, offense, defense. And so this year, I think they're going to draft a right tackle, Caleb McGarry. Uh, he could play play right tackle in a West Coast offense that they have. Um, but don't, also, don't rule out the Chargers for being a dark horse candidate to trade for Rosen. You know, they might they might want to get him back in L.A. He's a UCLA guy. They might want to have him sit around and 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 be the throne to uh, Philip Rivers if things things go south in L.A. Well, again, further proof that you're a very well-researched man, my man. <laughs> I Yeah, I just uh, I have a feeling they'll go offense this year. Okay, fuck yes, keep it going. All right, so this name sounds super familiar to a ton of people, and the Seahawks just traded back in to do this. I think D.K. Metcalf comes off the board super late, uh, and, and he goes to Seattle. There's a there's a thing called Spark, which is uh, like, you know, it's a bunch of testing with all your numbers. And it, it, it basically tells you how much of an athletic freak you are. And the Seahawks use that as a little <laughs> bit of a measurement to draft some of their guys. Why not give Russell Wilson a huge upside target in Metcalf? I think if he's there, why not take him um, Metcalf to the Seahawks? All righty. 
Seems to make sense. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Cool. I'm move on here. Packers are up again. Um, this might not be a very sexy pick, but I think they go offensive guard from Boston College. Chris Lindstrom, guy people really haven't heard of, but he's a senior, four-year starter, was uh, I think all all American in the ACC. You know, so teams really care about that stuff when you play in good conferences and you play well. Teams teams notice. So I think if uh, if you need to help Aaron Rodgers, give him a good offensive lineman to keep him upright and help the run game. That's that helps Aaron Rodgers too. He could use all the help he can get. Yeah. All right. Only two more. All right. My Rams are up. Um, again, not not very sexy of a pick, but I think they need a center and they need one bad. And they go Garrett Bradbury, a center out of North Carolina State. Um, he was a tight end when he actually started in college and they moved him to center. So he's super athletic. He's super, uh, super stout. And I think the Rams like to run a lot of zone stuff. So you need a super mobile center to do that. And I, and I think it's more of a luxury pick, right? You know, losing the Super Bowl kind of stinks. So you get yourself at 31. You kind of you kind of are out of the range of all those super elite players, but you get yourself a, a super solid, super solid guy, right? You know, nothing wrong with passing up like a, a, a Honda Civic or a Toyota Camry, right? It's going to get you 10 years, super solid, a lot of miles. Why not get a center? Garrett Bradbury. The key, low maintenance. Low, low, uh, key, low maintenance. Hey, you can say that with a lot of things. You're right. Uh, that's good. It's true. Oh, yeah. It's very true. All right. And then let's get to the, let's get to the evil empire. Who do you, who are they get? Who are they adding to the team? All right. Again, super tough. I mentioned best player available. No idea who they're actually going to pick. Cause it's hard to predict, but I think if they go for a player, they're going to go for one that's super smart at a position of need. And they go Paris Campbell out of Ohio state. Um, he's just super smart, super reliable, good hands. He runs the routes. The Patriots need him to run. He played in a scheme with uh, Urban Meyer that translates well to the NFL. Uh, he clearly had success in college. The Patriots like that. So they're going to draft a guy who uh, could help Tom Brady win some games. Paris Campbell, first round. And there it is, all 32. Yeah, so sorry if it was a little bumpy. Uh, I know we had some some hiccups in the road. But no, man, that's, that's a, a lot of the research I did being a, a football nerd. Thank you for letting me express that. I, I know you're a hardcore fan, and uh, I just love talking football. Fuck it, dude. Dude, one, once, you, once you approached me with this idea, I was like, absolutely. Oh, my God. But dude, where did this all start? When did you start, like – researching this heavy into the NFL draft and doing all these picks. Like, when did that begin? Yeah. Um, in all honesty, it kind of started when I moved out here to grad school, uh, to Iowa city. I, I, you know, I, I, I just in my free time, you got into the college scene. Yeah. I you know, Iowa football was pretty cool. I think when I moved out here, um, I want to say they had a, a first round pick number five, Brandon Sheriff. And so I was like super enamored thinking like, wow, how sick was it that I just watched this guy play you know, six games in my hometown, and now he's going to be a starter in the NFL. And, I, and you know, every year Iowa's had guys drafted, you know, and uh, I guess being at a Big Ten D1 school, I just, like, really got into the, the big camaraderie of college football. And so I, I started doing my own research, and I just didn't want to do one team. I had to do all teams. I wanted to do every player. And so I just kind of got a little crazy. Um I will say Reddit has been pretty awesome. Reddit NFL draft has been pretty cool. I kind of go on there and blog with some guys and talk with, about the draft and, and do stuff there. Um, again, super nerdy, but 
I love it, man. I love football. And uh, it gives me really something to do when there's no football, right? When there is, when there's, I don't know, I don't love the NBA, but when you're watching the NBA, right, I'd rather be thinking about the draft. So these are the things that I like to do in the offseason. Hey, I hear you, man. The NFL draft is always fucking exciting because you never know when you're going to get your next favorite player. You know, it's like a, um, I don't even know how to put it, but it's such an interesting time. And for the NFL, it's so unique. Like every, every, um, every of the big four, every sport has its draft, but like, mm-hmm. it's a holiday for the NFL. When it's the NFL yeah. draft, it's yeah, a fucking right. holiday, man. Yeah. They, I mean, they're, they're doing it up in Nashville or sorry, I should say down in Nashville this year. So they are literally making it a party. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty fun down there. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. But Hey, Listen, we got into football a lot. We gave people some good content the morning of the draft. We hope yeah. you motherfuckers get who you want. Giants fans, I hope you don't get Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jets fans, I don't give a fuck what you do. But, uh, dude, you've been you've been in Iowa a long time now. I, I know it's come, uh, it's come up candidly over this conversation yeah. a couple times. But you've been out there for what? How yeah, long now? If you include fifth, college, my fifth year living in Iowa, uh, two years of grad school, and I've had a pretty cool job working for the university for three years. Um, but yeah, man, uh, moving from Long Island, moving from Long Island was big. That's big so change awesome, for me. Dude. But I've grown to love it. Midwest is a cool place to live. Well, how often? Because you you were mentioning that your fiance Maddie makes fun of your accent all the time. Yeah, yeah. How often do you have to deal with people who? feel the need to mimic your accent or make it a thing yeah. or make it a topic of conversation. Uh, I mean, it's just certain things like, like for example, um, just, I mean, really it ha- it's happened a lot. Right. But to give a recent example, March madness, right. I'm talking with my, my coworkers and I'm like, Oh yeah, let's do a March madness tournament. And they're like a tournament. And I'm like, no, you guys don't say tournament. Right. And so I make fun of them for the things they say weird. And, I, and they make fun of me for the things I say weird. But yeah, I guess, I guess one thing I realize is I, I go, uh, I, I come out to Iowa and, and people say like, Oh, would you, would you like to take a tour of the campus? No, it's a fucking tour of the campus, not a tour. tour? There's no, yeah. Yeah. Like a sewer, sewer. Right. Yeah. That dude, that's so funny. A sewer, <laughs> right. That that's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tour? yeah. But there, that's there great. are just certain that's things great. that I, I, I guess are just Midwest, uh, charm, you know, that just people say out here. Um, well, accents are endearing, dude. For there's something about accents that fascinate people or make make people more likable. Like I don't know, I, I had a similar experience when I lived in Carolina, where like I I, yeah. I couldn't help but adore the Southern accent, and they couldn't help but mock my Long Island accent. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. But it's fun. It creates chemistry, you know. Sometimes it's fun. It's fun to be the fish out of water. Yeah, yeah. It it definitely uh it definitely gives you something to talk about because you can tell who's from where just by hearing a few words, which is neat. Yeah, that is pretty neat. But yeah, now no, you no, dude, that, that's funny. I was going to say you're, so I want to, I want to hop over to you a little bit more. So when you're not nerding out over the NFL, you're actually in a band down in Iowa city. If that's my dude, correct yeah, understanding. I am, I am in a band. Yeah. So, I mean, I honestly, bro, me and you were in the first band ever I, I was ever in. So, uh, I, I honestly wouldn't have been in a band today if you and I didn't think like, yo, let's be in a band together and start something up. So well, I, 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 uh, my music career goes back with you, man, which is a, a pretty cool truth. 
Well, today I got a lot of love for you, and I got a lot of love for what we did in that time. You, David, Justin, the Saving Serenity Squad. It was such a good time, and we all got together. It gave us something to do. We had fun, and it's something the four of us are always going to be able to share together. And I'm glad I'm glad you're keeping up with it, man. I'm yeah, glad you're still I drumming. You've taken, you've taken your talents to the Midwest. It's, it's just a fucking cool to watch, man. It's just a chain reaction. It's like, no matter what, like, when you're out there fucking playing drums, it's just, I don't know. It fulfills something as your former bandmate in me knowing you're out there killing it, playing no, I, drums in I, Iowa. Yeah, man. I, I, it's just something I've always loved. Um, love playing drums. Uh, it's, I, I love being in a band. And so I, I could tell you a pretty cool story about how we formed up. Please do. Um, I, I, you mentioned Maddie. She comes from a family who is super, super good at cooking. And so I was working over the summer at my job in Iowa City. And I was like, you know what? I want to be a better cook. And so I thought, let me go on Craigslist and find a job as a cook. And uh, uh, an ad popped up for our favorite um, our favorite restaurant in Iowa city. And so I was like, all right, let's look it up. Let's, let's see what's up. And so I walked in there and I told them, yeah, I work for the university. I want to be a better cook. And I, I was thrown online. And, and so I started doing a lot of cooking and, and I, 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 I did, uh, I did what they call garm chef. So I made a lot of salads. I put together all the appetizers, fried the chicken, the fries, did a lot of prep. And so it was fun. I learned a lot. And through that, I met who are now the chefs of this restaurant. And, uh, we were just hanging out, you know, talking music. And they're like, Oh, you play drums? And I was like, yeah, I play drums. And they're like, okay, well let's hang out and maybe we can make some music. And I think, uh, I think I kind of surprised them when we started playing together because I wasn't some schmuck that was like, Oh, I play drums. You know, like I knew what I was doing and, and we, we stuck together and we've been a band for over two years. And so it's pretty cool to say that we have a lot of a lot of songs on tap. We actually had a show last night, which is fun. Um, a bar that really likes us play uh, asked us to play a show. But yeah, hopefully sometime soon we can get some music out and up on Spotify. We have a song on Bandcamp, um, but I would really love for our band to just you know hit the airwaves and people hear us. I would say it's uh, definitely a little bit more on the punk rock side, but uh, we love we love our music. We have a lot of fun making it making noise. Well, dude, man, whenever that, whenever you guys start dropping dropping tunes, you gotta let me know. I'm gonna I'm gonna promote it up people's assholes, like for real. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I I I I wish I had you know stuff to share with you now. It's just it's just a it, it brewing in the making. You know, we didn't want to. It's in the pipeline. Sure, sure. We didn't want to make a product that wasn't good, right? We gotta you gotta make sure it's good before you let it let it out. So, yeah, we just have been cautious about what we are playing. What you put out we, there, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. So we want it to be good. We don't want it to sound like it's mediocre, um, even though it is just a hobby on the mm-hmm. side. Uh, we all have our day jobs, you know, and uh, we just all love music. And that's what we share together. Same way you and I shared music, man. That's how we've made that's how I've made so many friends. Throughout yeah, dude, it's a beautiful thing, man. Like playing music with friends is just it's such a like for lack of a better term. Seriously, it's like a religious experience. It's like you're all, you know, it's like you're all you come together every Sunday and you yeah. do the ritual. And the ritual for us was go to my fucking basement. Let's play the yeah. same six songs and then jam for a half hour and go home. Like, you know. yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, and and it's just fun, right? And you, you fall in time, you fall in tempo, well, you build chemistry. It's just good stuff. You know, I still won't forget, man. There was a time that I covered for your band Termina, and I still have the shirt to this day. Uh, I dude, remember, fuck it, that was a great show. That was a great. That show. was a great show. I remember, I remember you and I. I kind of threw together a little rig in your basement, and me and you just jammed for a little bit. And and man, we had some good tunes there. And, and I don't, I don't even know if those were things that you wrote in your own or covers, but like, 
I was just like, sure, let me throw a few things together. And we just made music in your basement for, for kind of, kind of the last time, which was a little neat. Uh, now that I look back on it. Yeah, no, that was the last time we were together. That's the last, that was the last, uh, live show I've played in Long Island. Um, at least for now. And it was, it was great sharing it with you. Cause it was kind of like giving me a little blast from the past, a little taste of what, of what used to be. And the guy, the yeah. Termina guys, like the, the three of us are still together. We're still writing music. We still get together and record. They 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 bring you up all the time. They love it. Yeah, dude, dude. They up. bring you up all the time. They're like, "How's K Mac doing?" Like they 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 remember that show very fondly. Um, yeah, man. I mean, it's it's something. It's it's something you and I are always gonna share, and I'll I'll always remember that. Yeah, dude. No. Uh, what was the name of the venue? Oh my gosh, the the Ethical Humanist Society. Yeah, if there wasn't a worse name for a venue, gosh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go sing about love, uh, love, God, and drugs at the Ethical Humanist Society. That's a great idea, kids. Yeah. Do you remember the sign "Deed Before Creed"? Deed before, yeah, deed before Creed. I, 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 I'm sure there are pictures that exist with us, like you know, rocking deed out, you know, <laughs> with that in the background. And here we are. I like to think that I like to think that everybody Gosh. that saw that sign Man, thought yeah. that uh, us or or Butterfly Convict or Allies are along the falls. They thought we were all just Creed cover bands, <laughs> and it was a Creed cover band convention. <laughs> yeah, society. <laughs> oh my god yeah at the ethicalist humanist so i don't even know how to say it yeah it's just that was a, a good time also i also have fond memories yeah, of dude, um you're right that, i think these are still the college years cool. when you would come back to visit and we'd meet up and we'd just go ride bikes for a fucking hour an hour or two are you still into that are you still riding bikes all the time oh that i so i love riding bikes uh i i honestly just took my bike out the weather and is getting really nice here in iowa so i just took mine uh you know, took mine back on the road, right? It was kind of out of commission for a little bit, but no, man, I love riding. Uh, it's, it's always been a hobby of mine. I, I had this pretty lofty goal of, you know, riding through States and me and a friend in college, we did ride from Massachusetts to Vermont, which was like a lifetime experience. That was super cool. Um, so I could say I crossed, you know, that state off my list, you know, going between those borders, but if I could bike, you know, to like in every state in America, that would be unreal. Right. But I just love biking. It's a, it's a good hobby, good way to stay in shape. Not really good, not really bad on your joints or your bones and stuff like that, but you get to go from A to B and it's an adventure. I love biking. Well, it's a good way to get around, man. Um, uh, me and my girlfriend, Charlotte are actually headed to Amsterdam in like two months. And one of the things we keep looking at is everybody, everybody yes. bikes everywhere. So we're looking forward to literally biking from A to B throughout yeah. the whole fucking trip. Yeah, man, that, that is so cool. That is so cool. And, and it's kind of weird if you were to, if you were to ask other people that live in Iowa city here, biking's kind of like a, a, a yes. thing around here. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you a story. I'm not kidding mm -hmm. you. Uh, do you remember when that polar vortex was going around? You remember that, that it was like a few months ago, it was like the coldest weather ever. Well, I, I, I'm not kidding you. Um, it was so cold. They brought the Chicago polar bear from the zoo inside it was so cold like it, <laughs> like that's how cold it was but in iowa city the day there was that polar vortex i saw two people riding their bikes like to and from wherever they were going and so that just shows you the kind of people that live around here and how much biking is is a thing like uh, people just bike everywhere regardless if it's negative 50 outside or if it's 119 degrees uh, it's you know that's tough as fuck dude that's tough as fuck i got i gotta 
I gotta say, here's a little anecdote from when I, from when I lived elsewhere. When I was in Carolina, if there was torrential downpour, they shut the whole fucking county down. Like, nobody left. Nobody was outside. Yeah. But damn, people in Iowa, they don't give a fuck. Yeah. No, man. There, there are some crazy people here. Um, they, I, I mean, really, like the weather gets nice, and they're like, "Oh, let me take my shorts off and go for a run." And then it's like, "Oh, the next day it's uh, twenty degrees outside. Oh, let me let me get my winter coat back on." It's it, I was cool. It's a, it's just crazy weather, but that's the Midwest, man. Um, you ask anybody from the Midwest, they just kind of have this expectation. So I have to ask you, I, I have to ask you, it's something I've yeah. never really experienced because everywhere I've lived, whether it's been college or when I grew up or Carolina or back here in Plainview, what's it like being so far away from a large body of water? Huh, that's funny you say that. Um, I mean, so, so what's large, right? Like you think of the Atlantic Ocean, right? Like th- that's pretty large, but I have a river that runs through my town, and so I see water every day. Like it's not like I, <laughs> it's it's not like you probably see water not. more than I do. Then, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I maybe 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 not. I don't know. I I do live in in a cornfield state, right? If I go outside the city five ten minutes, I'm gonna hit the sticks, man, and I'm gonna see a lot of open spaces and a lot of cornfields and a lot of that, and and that's fine. Like it is what it is, but. Uh, yeah, like, you know, the uh, University of Iowa has a rowing team. Like, there's a river here. People people utilize the water. There's lakes around here. Um, so, yeah, you know, you're not on an island surrounded by water. And there are parts about Long Island I definitely miss. But the water factor isn't isn't it, right? I can, I can enjoy the water still, I think. Well, I mean, it's not a beach, right? But, yeah. <laughs> It's not a beach. No, of course, it's not a beach. All right, you are you're such a Long Islander making that argument. I know it's not a beach, right? But like, God. listen, the beach is like all we have, dude. Like, I that's the hill I have to die on, Long Islander. I know, I know, but uh, I take five of your friends and ask them when was the last time they went to the beach. You know, like it just it's such a hassle, especially when it's nice. Everyone and their mother is like, "Oh, let's go roast like hot dogs on the beach," and then and then all of a sudden they look like you know. Like, you know, leather couches because they spend every day on the beach because it's nice. You know who I'm talking about, Long Islanders. <laughs> I live I live a thousand miles away. I don't forget this shit. I know. I know who you are. So now now I have to ask you, yeah, while we're building off your, your new home here, are the potatoes really better? Like is it is are the Iowa potatoes fucking A one gold gold standard? so so I was known for corn. I'll get I'll get that. Ah. First. I got it backwards. I got it backwards. Idaho is known for potatoes. So I Iowa Iowa corn is awesome. Um dude, the food out here is so good. Um I'm not kidding you. The one of the first times I, I came out to Iowa City, I was taken to a burger joint downtown and I was looking so at the, straight menu, up on the, the table. menu and it said on your menu, uh your burger was raised eight point one miles away from here. And so it's, it's dude, a lot of places around here are farm to table. And that restaurant that I told you I worked at, the quality of food they try to put out is unreal. Um, they've been featured in Time Magazine and other things like that um, for their burger and whatnot. I think, no, sorry, New York, I, I, forget, I don't know, I'd have to look it up. But the restaurant called, it's called Pullman, uh, Pullman Bar and Diner. It's me and Maddie's favorite restaurant. Uh, that's a little plug for them. They have the best burger in Iowa City. Um, 
but yeah, dude. So the food around here is so damn good. Um, especially like the meat, you know, they take a lot of pride in, in pork and beef and good chicken. It's yeah. The food here is really, really good. Well, that's awesome, man. If you enjoy food, it sounds like I, uh, blah, blah, blah. Iowa city is an easy place to get comfortable. Yeah. And I will say this. I love all those foods I mentioned, but holy shit, do I miss pizza and bagels? Because I'm not going to get it anywhere better when I'm on Long Island. And I'm just going to put that out. Like, that is the truth. And Every, Listen, man, every area has its strengths. We're really good at carbohydrates out here. Yeah, and, and the pizza and the bagels are top-notch. Um, I have flown p- bagels from Long Island to the Midwest to give to Maddie's family because they request them. They are so good. And As it, How do they react? Do they think they were the best bagels ever? They are. They are. I mean... They've had them more than once, so they know. They know. They they are the best bagels. They, just are. they know. They get it. Right. You know, when I came when I came to Iowa City, I asked, "Oh, where like where's where's the closest deli?" And they're like, "Deli? Like you can buy cold cuts at the supermarket." And I'm like, "What the fuck? Like this is no you know there's no deli, right? Like I can't just walk anywhere and get a sausage egg and cheese, right? I can't just go look for a hero, you know? Like they don't sell those around here, so." <laughs> Brugger's bagels doesn't cut it, you know. Uh, I, I I like I like I like some pizza shops around town, but you know that's just my personal preference. It's just not Long Island pizza, bro. I, I wonder. I I am I'm astounded. I I feel like the Brugger bagel empire is bigger than anyone in New York could ever imagine. Because when I was in Carolina, that's all people fucking ate. Brugger's bagels, Brugger's bagels. Oh, you're from New York? How are their bagels compared to Brugger's? Do they just have like a monopoly on bagels outside New York? <laughs> <laughs> How's the bagels compared to Brugger's? Ah, that's such a back, that's a backward ass question. That is so funny. That's just so funny. Oh man, I I will tell you this. Uh, when I moved out to Iowa City, one of the first places that someone told me to try food was Casey's, and I was like, okay, what is Casey's known for? They're like, Casey's has the best pizza, and and I and if you've ever if you've ever watched the the pizza guy from barstool he went to a casey's in iowa city and he tried their breakfast pizza but that's whatever but someone told me go to casey's and i was like oh what is this place they're like oh it's a gas station and i I was offended that they told me to go eat pizza at a gas station because i'm like pizza from a gas station and like and 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 that's what they like that's what they love and and it's it's like you know whatever it's it's a pizza but Man, it's not New York pizza. New York bagels, they're not out here. I, I, I do love the food. I'm so not picky. But anytime I'm home, I am overloaded on, on pizza and bagels and, and time with my family, really. That is literally it. <laughs> I love those three things. I mean, that's New York for you, baby. Pizza, bagels, and time with the family. That's what New York's about. 110%. But, yeah, no, I, uh, I, I love Iowa City. I do miss New York. East Coast would be cool to live back. Um, don't know if I'd ever move back to Long Island, but I love, love visiting. Uh, love all the people that live there. Just, I've, I've made some roots out here in Iowa City. Yeah. That's, and that's a beautiful thing, dude. It's, it's, it's awesome that you're able to spread yourself out like that. And I'm sure, like, while your friends and family miss you, like, it's got to be cool to have a spot they can visit. Like, you know, I don't want to call it a free vacation spot, but just, <clears throat> but just a new place they can go to where someone can show them around. 
Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, no, you'd never really have an excuse to come out here unless I unless you had one. And if 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 you're if you're looking to try some something new, yeah, this is a cool place to do it. It's it's neat. It's a really really neat place. Um, it kind of flies under the radar, you know. Iowa. Iowa isn't the sexiest of states, right? But I like it. Hell yeah! I want to I want to swing this back around full circle, back to football for a little. Back Please to football do. for a little bit. I, mean, I want to know yeah. if I understand this correctly. Did you rent out a bar for the Super Bowl? Did I rent out a bar for the Super Bowl? Yeah. Maybe I maybe I missaw no. something on fucking like Instagram or something, but it looked like you like for some reason, I don't know why yeah. this idea was in my head. It, to me, it looked like you rented out like half a bar for the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. I could tell you what you probably saw was me at a bar with my dad and his friends. Um, my dad's name is Kevin. My name's Kevin. My dad's friend's name is Kevin. And we all happen to be Rams fans. And so the bar that my dad goes to, they have a TV that ha- says underneath it, Kevin's Rams. And so we watched the Super Bowl on that TV because I didn't know I didn't want to be anywhere else to watch the Super Bowl, regardless if they won or lost. I wanted to be with my family, so I found a way to fly out uh, for the weekend quick and and see the Super Bowl with my family in the bar that they that my dad watches every every Ram game in. So that bar is in Wontaw. It's called Sal's Place. Uh, really great place. Uh, they treat us well. Really good beer. Really good food. But we we celebrated the. The Rams going to the Super Bowl. That's what I'll say. We we celebrated the Rams being in the Super Bowl there. I mean, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to come down on you, but there wasn't much more to celebrate that day. But it gave it a great fun. It was an amazing run. I, I do want to say that the, the the Rams were a fun ass team to watch that season. And the thing I loved the most that I think the entire NFL is going to adapt is the Sean McVay rule of them not wearing pads during the week. I think that paid dividends as the season went on. Oh, you think so? So you're saying you're saying yes. The, well, yeah, and he said a lot of his starters don't wear pads less during the week during the practice during the weeks gets them more pumped for the game. Yeah, I think a lot of the NFL because you because the fucking oh, Rams I didn't know you guys dude. lost early cool. at the end. You guys stayed I mean, hey, incredibly healthy compared to most other teams, and you guys had a lot of steam in the engine at the end of the year. Not not all teams can say that. A lot of teams do run out of gas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. And. Um, it would have been nice for them to, you know, finish strong. But, dude, I'm excited. How could for the you Rams not still. be? I, I, I think they, they got a, a great young offense. Yeah, it's really, really fun to watch. Um, they got a lot of tools on defense, which is great. My, my, my favorite player to watch in the NFL is Aaron Donald. Um, he is a monster. I, I, I seriously think he's the best player in the NFL, and I wouldn't be surprised if someday we see him going to the Hall of Fame. Um, and that might be a little biased, but, dude, I've never seen anybody move men the way Aaron Donald does it on a football field. It's pretty cool to watch. So let me ask you, is Jared Goff a Super Bowl quarterback? Well, right now he went to a quarter, he went to Super he's Bowl. He's getting lost, close. So I wouldn't say he, he's getting close. He's closer than others. I, I think there's some maturity with Jared Goff. Um, but man, I really liked what I saw. Gosh, he's made some pretty huge steps in the last, Three years, I can only imagine what he's going to be doing the next six, nine, however many years, right? I just I, I just want to say the Jared Goff from this previous season compared to the one two seasons ago, that was a crazy skill gap jump. Just yeah. that alone. Yeah, and I, I think you got you to gotta credit McVay. He kind of 
he kind of tooled into some of the, the things and, and credits his coaching. Um, golf was clearly good, good enough to be the number one pick. You know, the Rams traded up to get him. They, they wanted him. Um, some people really questioned it. I myself questioned it, right? I even said, hey, Carson Wentz looks good. Carson Wentz looks like a really good quarterback, you know, and clearly – he brought he put him in to, position. Well, I can't say he brought them to the Super Bowl, but here you go. You got two quarterbacks that went exactly right, and and so th- there's there's a there's a good question for you there. You know, you asked me is is uh, is Jared Goff uh, a Super Bowl quarterback? He brought them there, so I, I guess maybe. But let me ask you: Is Carson Wentz a Super Bowl quarterback? Did he bring them there? I don't have any playoff games to make a basis on this. I mean, Carson Wentz has proven that he can come through in the clutch moments, but we haven't seen him do that in the playoffs, whereas Jared Goff, as we've illustrated, has had his gotten his feet wet in the playoffs and has made it to the Super Bowl. So I'm not coming at Jared Goff. I don't want to make it seem that way. I just... Yeah. Oh, no, dude, not at all. Me too. I like I like both guys coming out, really. Me too. I I like them both. I I want to see Jared Goff do it. Because it seems like he's got, like, the Rams just seem like the perfect team in the NFL right now. What they just needed was Jared Goff to put up 30 points. And we could say what reasons why he did it. Could be the Patriots defense. Could be the lack of Todd Gurley. Could have been the Butterflies. Whatever it was. But, like, they're one good Jared Goff performance away from the Super Bowl. And I think that's what makes the Rams, at least for me, one of the more excited teams to watch going into next season. Well, I, it makes me happy to hear you say that. I couldn't agree with you more. I, I think if, you know, you don't throw one interception, you yeah, know, maybe the G, the game changes, right? I think his, his front foot slipped on that, on that throw, right? It, this is just the game of football, game of inches, right? It just is what it is. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's just the roll of the dice, you know? I, I, I honestly, I really feel like nine times out of ten, you guys at least put up 25, 30 points against that Patriots defense. This was just the one time out of ten where you didn't. I really believe yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you did mention Todd Gurley earlier. Kind of stunk that he kind of tapered yeah. off towards the end of the season. Um, it was health-related, I'm sure of it, but I just want him to be back to himself, right? He is a stud. Um, and so if we could have him running running our offense next year, I, I feel like we'll be back, back in the same seat we were. And I wouldn't be surprised to see you guys there. I think going in, you guys are definitely the front runners in the NFC. I got a funny story about uh, Todd Gurley in the Super Bowl. So, random fun fact. For some reason, Todd Gurley and I are yeah. friends on LinkedIn. And, like, this is the official Todd Gurley page. I don't think he runs it. He has people who do that for him. But the whole Super Bowl, I kept messaging his inbox, like, Todd, where are you at? Todd, yeah. what's going on? Todd, I got 50 bucks on the Rams today. Todd, why aren't you playing? Todd, why is CJ Anderson getting more touches? Uh, <laughs> Todd, what the fuck, man? <laughs> Todd, Todd, you sound like you, you sound like Mel Kiper. Todd, Todd, Todd. Right? I, I checked to see like a week later to see if anyone even looked them. No one's even looked at those messages. They're just in the ether. Uh, sure, yeah, yeah. Some, some, some Todd girly out there is gonna respond someday. <laughs> All right, but we uh we definitely gotta wrap this up soon. Um, I don't know if you want to plug where people can find your band on Bandcamp or SoundCloud or where they can find you. Any final messages you have? I just want to give you the microphone to close this out. Yeah, man. Um, I guess I'll say a few things. Very thankful for having me on. I'm so glad that you're getting a chance to you know do this and pursue a passion of yours. I'm I'm glad I get to be a brick in the in the wall that you build. Um. My band, I, uh, I'll let you guys know. I, we have a Facebook. Um, it's Bain Marie, uh, B-A-I-N hyphen M-A-R-I-E. 
Uh, and so we put out, put out some, some shows and videos and, uh, we'll put out music there, but, uh, Tomorrow's the NFL draft. I'm super pumped for it. That's the real reason why I wanted to come on here and talk with you. I know you love sports. I'm super pumped about the draft. I've been doing my homework, and uh, I'm very, very thankful I get I got to talk with you, got to talk about football, got to talk about myself. But uh, seriously, blessed to catch up with a good friend, my man. Likewise, dude. Love being able to catch up. So everybody, this is a unique episode. We phone Kevin McBride in from Iowa. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the NFL draft. Kevin McBride, I can't thank you enough yeah. for doing it. Thank you, dude. Enjoy the NFL draft. Thank you, Nick. Yeah. It's completely it's off the charts. What would you be like? What would you be like?